This is the Dealer News Today podcast, the podcast for automotive executives and the professionals who support them. From the Dealer News Today headquarters, here's your host, Dave Canton with Andrew Cherkasky. Dave, it's Friday, but at this point, who's really keeping track? Andy, we got a lot to talk about today. Yeah, we do. Uh, there is news, uh, things going on. I mean, today's the Payment Protection Plan Application Day. We want to talk about that before we get to our first guest. You know, look, you know, obviously every small business across America today, 15 million small businesses across America today are all battling to submit their applications to receive uh, a grand total of $350 billion, which is available. You know, simple math. 15 million small businesses, everyone applies, that's 18,000 per small business, you know, and, and, and we're learning today, obviously, you know, we do our banking with Bank of America. Uh, first thing we learned today, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know who you have your small business banking relationship with, but you must have a current lending relationship with that bank in order to submit your PPP application. You know, Dave, I'm going to tell you, this whole thing feels a little bit like uh, a kid who's turning in a homework assignment after staying up all night long and running it into the teacher at the last minute, because it is put together at the last minute. My payment, uh, my payroll company sent me an email this afternoon, different than the email earlier today, recalculating the amount. I'm struck, you know, I go through the Bank of America website, I submit it, bing, 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 go through all the questions. First time, nothing. It's like a timeout. Second time, uh, so maybe that's whatever. So I go through the second time, it submits. It's a screen, doesn't give me a warm fuzzy. I certainly don't have money in my account, but you know, I'm not expecting it to be that quick. But now what? Now, now what? It, well, there's a lot a more to this process, Andy. I mean, it's not just submitting the application, right? There's so much more to it. Then you have to submit all the information that they need for underwriting. You know, your, your payroll company to show that you did pay these people. And obviously, there's going to be some other things that have to be presented as well, from what I understanding, speaking with my bank and their underwriting department. Look, there's a lot going on right now. Uh, yeah, we're going to get into it all today. Really we're going to get it. into it all. We're going to talk about it. I'm sure everybody's frustrated. Let's hear a word from our sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by DCG Capital. DCG Capital's lender relationships can provide new car dealers with working capital loans, floor plan financing, mortgage loans, and other reduced interest rate financing at historically low rates. Contact DCG Capital at DaveCantonGroup.com. You know, Dave, I want to get right back into this because you're saying, you know, it'll all happen. It's coming around. People are, are working on it. I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't feel good about it. I don't, I don't think I don't anyone feels person. good about it because they're all experiencing the same thing. Well, right? Like I was talking about at the, at the other day, it's the beginning of the month. This is the first time businesses are seeing no income in a month. So to the extent that you were paying out your March monthly expenditures late in the month, early April, however, you've got that structured, but I, I have mine. So it's done by by uh, the end of the month, by the first of the month, it's it's clear. I'm now looking forward. I got no income. You know, March, I still had I still had a couple weeks of it. But this is why we're telling everybody out there in the automotive industry that we must be proactive. You must sit down with your resources, including everyone you have at your disposal, attorneys, accountants, CFOs, outside third-party uh, vendors, F&I finance providers that we learn easy way to, you know, raise capital. This is the time where we must focus and you must make sure that you're doing everything within your power to ensure that you're infusing all the capital possible. And also let's face it, 
Ladies and gentlemen, you might, you might not like to hear what I'm about to say, but as an entrepreneur, as a CEO, as a small business owner, there are times where you have to infuse capital into a business. And this most likely is going to be one of those times for every small business owner. I don't think, I don't think there's any at all or many at all, I should say, that have enough liquidity from beginning to get through this and cross that side of the bridge that's not going to have to insert personal liquid, okay, that they most likely distributed from distributions. They're going to have to recapitalize. I get it. I get it. I mean, but this is that one, th this is the un un unforeseen, right? I, and all businesses need to capitalize well enough to deal with the unforeseen. But the only people who foresaw this coming was the insurance companies that uh, excluded this from business interruption insurance. I don't know. Maybe it's just Friday. Look, you live maybe and you learn. You live and you something. learn, Andy. And unfortunately, these insurance companies got hammered years ago. And I believe it was since the SARS, uh, you know, they had uh, their exclusion. Yeah, and, you know, none of viruses are excluded, that, right? And, you know, obviously, I believe there was a small window of opportunity to pre-negotiate it. I don't believe many have. I haven't heard from anyone in the auto industry that did. Um, maybe everyone's putting them on notice that they are going to submit a claim. Who knows? Yeah, Look, I today we have joining the show a great guest, Cliff Banks. Oh, that's everyone, very Everyone, I'm sure, knows the Banks report. That's right. You know, here's what Cliff's known for, Okay. He's known to write about the news before it even becomes news. So I'm excited to bring Cliff onto the show today. He's going to talk to us a lot about, obviously, what Andy's frustrated with, <laughs> what the entire automotive industry is frustrated with. And we need to hear from him firsthand on some of these obvious issues that are happening. Look, AutoNation today announced that they're laying off 7,000 people and slashing executive pay. You know, I, I read an article this morning that told me that, you know, the, the, the executive chairman, Michael Jackson, which everyone knows Mike Jackson, he's taken a 50% haircut along with the CEO, Cheryl Miller, wow. and then all other executives are taking a 35% reduction in pay. You know, I mean, that's, it's just unbelievable yeah, when, so when you hear begs, about this. That's the, the largest auto group there is. You know, I, I, re, I, I mean, it's all coming back to me now. You know, they reduced their second quarter advertising, significantly trimmed all spending. And I'll tell you what else they did. They froze hiring. You there know, you this is the largest auto group there is, ladies and gentlemen. And, you know, unfortunately, we say this every day. You have to take certain measures to protect the health of a business. And here you go, seeing AutoNation doing it first. And it begs the question, when, if we've got the small business bailout, which is essentially what the payment protection plan is to some degree, uh, when's, when's the big business bailout coming and what's that going to look like? A uh, lot, lot of questions, uh, not many answers at this time. Hopefully our guest, uh, Cliff, has a few more answers. Let's get him on the line. Let's bring Cliff on. Ladies and gentlemen, with us, we have Cliff Banks, the CEO and founder of the Banks Report. We all have read the Banks Report and know about the Banks Report. You know, here's what they say about Cliff. Cliff writes about the news before it even becomes news. Cliff, good afternoon. How are you? I'm great, Dave. Uh, thanks for having me on. No, we appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. You know, learning, ladies and gentlemen, that Cliff is in the only town that does not have a case of COVID-19. Now, is that in Michigan or is that, I mean, where is, how, how, what is that statistic, Cliff? If you could share yeah, that. Yeah, we're, we're in Michigan. Yeah, so we're in Michigan. This was as of two days ago, so about 20 minutes south of, uh, actually south of downtown in uh, Red Ox 75. Uh, so it's, I'm sure that that will not continue much longer, but it is somewhat unique for us. 
I mean, obviously, everyone's following the restrictions of social distancing and and uh, and 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 staying home and doing the right thing. So it's great to hear, uh, Cliff. Thank you so much for for joining the show. I mean, look, we know that you have predicted more vendor buy sells before they even were announced. You know, obviously, the sale of Dealer Track, the sale of Cars.com, True Car IPO, uh, the roll up of service department related companies, uh, the sale of DMEs. Right. You know, you, you've you, you've done it all. Okay. But you know, I'm in the buy sell world. I'm the CEO of one of the largest automotive M&A firms in the industry. What's your prediction for the M&A industry post Corona for the remainder of 2020? Yeah. um, I'd say, you know, I'll say that I think it depends on several factors on how it plays out. One, just the length of time this continues, uh, you know, and just the overall impact um, from you know, the, the number of actual casualties that we have as a nation, um, what impact that has on on business moving forward. Uh, we were shaping up on the vendor side to have probably, the, uh, if not the most active, one of the most active years in uh, M&A and investment activity uh, following up from last year. Um, there were several deals in April that were ready to to go to market. Um, pitch books that were out uh, that, that were being prepared. Um, and obviously, I think all of those have been pulled. Uh, we may, we might see a couple of deals here in the next Next few months, uh, there's, uh, you know, there may be an investment that might be announced at some point uh, in the in the uh, retail vendor space uh, that could be close. Um, but other than that, I think most activity is dead right now. The reason being, obviously, that no one knows how to project what is going to happen. Uh, right. We have no idea. We have no idea the amount of time this is going to take, how long it's going to be out there, how badly businesses will be hurt and what the books will look like on the other end of it. Absolutely. You know, you've been doing uh, automotive journalism for 20 years, if I'm, if I'm correct. Have you ever seen anything like that? Is there anything you can kind of compare this to uh, even if it happened regionally over the years? No, I mean, and (laughs) You know, obviously, I, I mean, I, I was talking with someone earlier today about this moments in our life, and I was in a more professional career over the last 20 years, and obviously 9-11 comes to mind. For me personally, it was in, in December of 2008 when Senator Mitch McConnell, it was a Friday night, and the Senate voted against providing the automakers with an age package. Uh, that moment sticks out in my mind. Um, and then sure. I think, uh, for me, uh, for this one was the Wednesday night when the Utah jazz player was diagnosed and the doctor stopped the game from, from starting. Yeah. I think, that, I I think that's that definitely team. a point that, that just yeah, kind yeah, of shook was, us like, off. I saw that on my Twitter feed and I turned to my, I turned to someone I was, I was at a high school game and I just said, our lives are going to change in ways we have no idea. It's, it's never going to go back to the way it was, Cliff. I mean, th- right, th- there's right. going to be a new way of living. There, you know, there's 
there's going to be a new normal, right? So let me ask you this, because a lot of dealers are coming on here every day and a lot of executives, you know, around the industry. And we're kind of hearing, uh, you know, a lot of the same where everyone's frustrated, right? Frustration is probably one of the key words that we're hearing all day long. I mean, look, we're frustrated today. Do you believe that COVID-19 and the frustration that has come along with it you know, is going to, you know, basically could take dealers and push them to over, you know, uh, uh, early retirement, you know, are dealers going to consider retiring Just early due to business. what's happening right now? You know, look, they lived 08, 09, they lived 9, 11, they lived, some of them were around for the early 90 recession. Do you think this is just going to push it ahead and they're going to say, I'm done. I want to retire. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously it's a dealer by dealer question. I mean, from a, Look, we, we, so we let me ask you this. That, Obviously, that it's a, it's a, old, that, that the dealership demographic is older, and it certainly is older for some brands than, than others, right? So you would think that at some point we're going to see that more. But but I think we've seen that. Over, we're, we've already seen a lot of that going on over the last five or six years, and we've been tracking that data. And and those, and those are people steady. doing it in good times, right? I mean, so yeah, we, we have, right, so right. do you think long-term, you know, looking out uh, six yeah. months, 12 months, even 18 months, do you think that there's going to be an uptick of, 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 of quantity of availability of dealerships, people putting their dealers uh, up on the market for acquisition? Well, we've been talking for a long time about it being a seller's market. Uh, I think that's, that's probably that's changed. over. <laughs> that's changed. I mean, it's, it's, it's now become a buyer's market, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, there, there's going to be, uh, but look, all right. So a couple of things uh, going even prior to the virus erupting here, we were, you know, I, I think my end of the year report, I talked about the fact that there's, there's a lot of quote unquote, to lack of a better term, junk that's out there on the market. Um, and there weren't buyers for those stores, really. Um, uh, and you know that, that's going to continue, and we'll probably see more distressed stores, under significantly underperforming stores. Um, but you know, Cliff, of one of the things are, obviously a lot of dealers that are undercapitalized, right? Absolutely, I mean, you see it. Absolutely, we see it every day. But you know, when we think about all the acquisitions that were that were launched Q four of nineteen, you know, Q one nineteen, dealers still had, I think, a projected mindset that their value was greater than what it was. I think this is now yes. going to create more realization of what the value truly is today uh, and where they need to be if they do want to sell. And Cliff, to your point, we're eventually going to see some distressed acquisitions come to market. I think there's no there's no way around that. Even with the PPP right. CARES Act program, they're going to come to market. Right. And those really uh, sell for what market says they're valued at and what somebody's willing to pay for, right? Because that determines ultimately market. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Cliff Banks from the Banks Report. Uh, everyone should go to thebanksreport.com. Uh, Cliff's uh, website uh, in journalism is, is, is bar none, some of the greatest in the automotive industry. Cliff, you're fantastic at what you do. Uh, so, so Cliff, let me ask you this. Have you heard of any large vendors financially struggling at this time? Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to name any names as of yet, but yes, uh, we know of one vendor that this week has left or exited the automotive space, laid off the entire automotive team. Um, 
the base, the word we're hearing is that the investors, new investors, somewhat new investors, have decided it's just it's just too volatile in the space for them. And I think they were already thinking that way. And this is obviously the the impetus to push them out. Um, another one laid off 225 people yesterday. Uh, another one uh, late last week laid off most of its team. These are well-known names too, uh, but. I think companies that were probably, you know, I'm not, not, not distressed, but it wasn't going to take much for them to, to experience. To move real, on and obviously understand pay. their position, right? Sure. I mean, look, we hear about AutoNation today, right? Uh, you know, they just yeah. announced they just announced 7,000 layoffs and yep. slashing executive pay and uh, as, as sales plunge. Um, you know, it's, right, it's, 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 it's not Group so much, week, 6, yeah, it, it's yeah. not so much not having the liquidity. It's more always taking a more proactive approach to maintain the health of the business. And, you know, that's what I, businesses need to do today. Yeah. I think for the dealers. Yeah. And for the large dealer groups, yes. And I think in, in general, I think from the, you know, if you're looking at the, the six public dealer groups, they're all fine in terms of their liquidity. They, they, they've got enough cash to ride this out so, so that, for a while. That actually uh, begs the big question here. Do you see the large dealers, the well-capitalized dealers, utilizing this crisis as an opportunity to purchase, especially struggling uh, businesses, struggling dealerships? Is this a good time um, for them to, to purchase? Yeah, well, okay, a couple things. Uh, I think in the short term, over the next few months, Again, depending how long this this rides out, but I I don't know that we're going to see really any real acquisition activity, only because it's it's impossible to provide any kind of evaluation on a store right now, right? Um, Isn't that a great uh, opportunity to move in? Well, yes. However, uh, I think each of these yeah are public. They've got bullets to answer to. They're going to be hard pressed to uh, in the short term. I think those deals will still be there in the next four, five, six months when they're in you know better clarity in the industry. Um, you know, maybe you spend a little bit more money, but I, I don't know that it's going to impact. Yeah, I don't know that today, which you pay for, it will be much different than you know three, four months from now if it's a distressed store. Um, but uh, you know, there was an you know we obviously the big one that that was called off the Asbury Park Place one, unbelievable, there big one, huge. There was there was another big one that was close that uh, not to that size, but uh, but that I think that I know what you're talking about. Been, I know what you're yeah, talking yeah, about. Sure. I mean, there, yeah. there was there was three or four very large acquisitions, and when I say large, you know, to the tune of you know almost a half a billion plus that we know yes. that we're in the works of, 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 of negotiations or maybe post negotiations yep. that was done. Right. It was more contractual, right. um, that, uh, that are no longer happening and, and it's unfortunate. Right. And, you know, look, the, it, there will be deals that will arise again. And, you know, the one thing, obviously we know that this will eventually pass. I'm speaking to, you know, some of the largest top CEOs in the industry uh, that run the largest right. auto groups. And they're look they're you know, the number one advice, uh, is to become a leader. This is the time where they need to lead their auto groups through this crisis and get to the other side and hopefully come out stronger. You know, Cliff, yes. Cliff, 
what's your advice for the automotive industry? Look, you've been around a long time. You, you know what, uh, obviously, you've weathered a lot of these storms in the past. What's Cliff Banks' advice to the executives in the automotive industry? Yeah, there's, I think it's a, there's a couple levels. One, to obviously, do what you got to do to survive right now. Um, this is this is a time that none of us, we none, no one alive has seen something like this happen. So we're making up the playbook as we go along. Um, I, I would say maintain your cash position as much as possible. Um, I would be cautious about jumping into adding used car inventory right now. I would, I, I think I would stay away from that because we don't know where that floor is on the, on, on the valuations, where that's going to end up. Um, you know, and I think there's a lot of inventory that's going to be, that's going to be out there still at some point. So I would just, I would, I would keep my powder dry. Absolutely, Cliff. Um, Look, I think that's great yeah. advice. Ladies and gentlemen, Cliff Banks, an award-winning journalist with more than 20 years in the automotive retail space. Cliff, on behalf of Dealer, uh, Dealer News Today, we cannot thank you enough. Uh, thank you for taking the time out of your day uh, to insight. be on the show. Thank you so much. Great to speak with you. I think the automotive industry is very thankful for your words and wisdom. Uh, we hope that you stay healthy. Uh, and, and obviously, we will get through this, Cliff. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Dave. I really appreciate you having me on. No problem. Have a great day. Stay, stay healthy and stay positive, Cliff. Take care. Right back at you. Take care. Thank Bye-bye. you. Great interview with Cliff. You know, uh, he's answering those questions with the care and acuity that uh, you would expect of a journalist, of a business journalist, of absolutely. somebody who reports on this with with absolute accuracy. And you know, quite frankly, we're a little bit more editorial. You know, here's here. what's great, Andy. Right? We get <laughs> we get we we get a dealer principal on the phone. He might own ten stores or forty stores, and you know. It's it's so much different of a conversation, obviously, with a automotive retail journalist uh, than uh, it is with an automotive dealer. I mean, and right? he he just doesn't want to be anything other than accurate, which leads me to ask you the question: Do you think that this time is going to be the opportunity for very large, well capitalized uh, businesses out there to move in on dealerships who are struggling? I'm going to tell you right now, okay. Our analysts, okay, for DCG are telling us that the the opportunity for purchase is is strong. And, you know, there are dealer groups out there that went into this with some serious liquidity on their balance sheet, okay? They've, they've made a lot of profit over the last seven to 10 years. And guess what? They're bored, acquisition mode keeps them busy, and they're going to buy. So that's your prediction. That's my prediction. Guy in the industry, guy who does this every day, uh, not from your journalist uh, standpoint, but this is from Dave Canton, the acquisition man. You know, this is what we do every day, Andy. You know, what we what we try to plan where the acquisitions are and how they how they create themselves. You know, look, as Cliff and I were just talking about, there were half a billion to billion dollar acquisitions that were just about to close. Okay, yep. that were in the process that are no longer here. But here's something, and everybody knows this: once a seller, always a seller. Remember that, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. I hope everyone has a fantastic day. Stay Stay healthy, stay safe, stay home. Until next time, this is Dealer News Today.